You're listening to the Spirits Blind Tasting Podcast with Johnny Michelson. Johnny here from Spirits People. Thank you so much for checking out this week's episode of the Spirits Blind Tasting Podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to tasting fine spirits without the influence of brands and marketing. So we have another completely blind sample lined up for me today here. So my wife has picked a small sample from the giant bucket of samples that I have prepared for uh, my next many episodes here. So these are samples that I've received from people in the community around the world, and I've just kind of put them all in a bucket and I'll pick them out. Um, Obviously, I won't pick them out, but my wife will pick them out at random and I'll taste them here during the podcast. I might have some other samples coming in uh, from people around um, the community, but for now, I will continue down this path because I have quite a lot of samples lined up here. So I have my um, my sample poured up here and I've done the initial tasting already as I've been doing as part of season two here. Uh, part of the format here is I'll do the tasting ahead of time and then I'll jump in, I'll, I'll hit the record button here and I'll just go and go through the different sections um, as you may have noticed if you've seen or watched heard any of the previous episodes here of season two so this uh obviously i do not know who this pour is from but i'll make sure to mention it in the description in the show notes if you're listening and of course in the description here on youtube if you're watching as well so a huge thank you before i jump into the tasting here goes to my Patreon community for all of your support and for uh, being part of the Spirits People Patreon community over there. Um, I'm looking forward to sharing more of my experience here with doing all of the tasting and also the studies that I'm doing with WSET. So I've announced recently that I'll be doing more videos over there exclusive for the Patreon community to share my knowledge as I go through this through this study here. And uh, yeah, if you wanna join me over there and get access to those videos, feel free to join me over on patreon.com forward slash spirits people. All right, I had a, (laughs) so I had to cut out a little bit here. I had to sneeze. And uh, yeah, as I've mentioned before, I'm trying to keep these episodes at a minimum editing effort. Um, However, I didn't want you guys to have a, uh, I guess a giant shock if you're just listening and not watching me here. So yeah, a sneeze out of nowhere might have been a little bit awkward. So so yeah, I cut that out um, for the benefit of, of everyone here, I hope. So uh, with no further ado, I'll jump into the, the first section here. So I'll maintain the different sections, as I mentioned in my previous episode. I'll start with the appearance and the nose. Then there'll be a short break. You guys will notice it as just a few seconds but for me i'll take a short break i'll do the tasting again and then i'll share my tasting notes in the second segment and then i'll finish off with the conclusion and the reveal at the end so um yeah i think that's it let's jump in We're 
ready with the appearance and the nose. And as I mentioned before, I've poured the spirit into the glass, which is full of fingerprints here, if you can see this on video. But yeah, I, I have greasy fingers for some reason today. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I poured it into the glass. I'm using a Glencarn glass today. Normally I use my ISO tasting glass, but I decided to switch it up a little bit. So I'm using my, my Glencarn glass here and uh, just starting off with the clarity of the spirits. This is a clear spirit. There's no kind of haziness or anything like that. And the intensity and the color is a medium amber. So it's a very nice and dark color here in the glass. The suggested texture, I'm kind of swirling the glass here to see where the oils kind of land in the glass. So I've been doing this obviously for, for a little bit now. So the glass is already coated, but the suggested texture here in the glass is a medium. So the oils kind of pour down after a little while. They don't stick too long in, in the ring that just kind of sits on top of the glass here as you do the swirling. Uh, but yeah, it was sitting for a little while and then started to pour down in, in some medium to thick uh, kind of legs pouring down there. So medium suggested texture. And then obviously we'll, we'll kind of store that information and, and save it until we do the palette to see how it kind of holds up on, on the actual mouth feel. Uh, but yeah, the suggested texture here is, is pretty decent. And then moving into the nose. So the condition of the nose is clean. There's no kind of faulty aromas or anything like that. As we've talked about before on the podcast, like the faulty aromas is something that you really just explore and, and dive into when you get uh, something directly from a distillery or if you work at a distillery, uh, you start uh, detecting um, your heads and tails and stuff like that during distillation. But on anything that you buy off the shelf, it's extremely unlikely that you'll get any kind of faulty aromas like cheesy or plasticky um, aromas coming out of the glass. So, so yeah, clean, clean aroma on, on this spirit right here. And the intensity is a medium. So not, not jumping out of the glass, but actually, um, actually a pretty decent amount of aromas uh, coming out of the glass as you kind of have the glass at the bottom of your nose here. So, so yeah, medium, medium intensity on the, on the nose here. And then on the characteristics themselves, if I could, uh, if I could talk, um, I'll say it's an, an extremely classic American whiskey aroma profile here. So a lot of the things I'll say now are things that you might get on the majority of a good level of bourbon or rye whiskeys. So I'll just kind of list them out here because they're, they're really just, and I might be a little bit biased on this spirit here because these are some of those aroma and, and uh, flavor profiles that I really fell in love with when I started this whole journey here. And this is maybe eight or nine years ago. And all of this kind of takes me back into that very initial, um, almost like moment of, of love, if you will. So there's a very, very, very deliciousness in the glass here for me personally for this episode. And um, although I just kind of sip a little bit here during these, I'll, I'll definitely have a little bit more of this after this episode is done because it's it's very nice. Um, so yeah, the aroma characteristics um, are caramel, vanilla, 
brown sugar, cinnamon, there's nutmeg on here, there's a bit of gingerbread, there's dried orange peel, uh, there's some charred oak, and then there's some melted butter. And oh my gosh, this is just an amazing profile for me. And, I, and, it's, and I'll admit that it's, this comes across as bias and I'll, I'll try not to be as as subjective uh, as part of these kind of assessments, but it's hard for me because this is really part of that entry point into this journey for me. So all of those aroma characteristics as well are extremely well balanced. Um, so in terms of those kind of classic notes, um, sometimes when you have more of a bottom shelf or, or kind of towards the bottom of mid shelf, you'll get maybe a few of those, the caramel, and the vanilla might be the kind of overpowering notes, whereas you might struggle to find some of the others. They might be a little bit complementary, but this one here is a very complete, um, uh, complete nose, if you will. So all of these are well balanced, and there's a there's kind of there's kind of an an interesting sensation that that lies. I don't know if it's it sits on top or it sits underneath because sometimes it's hard to to really evaluate these things like when you say that something is is a hint of something or something sits in the back or something something sits in the front like how do you really explain that to someone else so i will say that there is there's some undertones of um of some fragrant notes um and then it's also some 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 dry sensation that I'll I'll, I'll call sawdust in, in this in this scenario here. It's it's really subtle, but for me it's one of those things that it really adds to the complexity of of the spirits. When you can get those kind of undertones or overtones or whatever you want to call it, um, and not just think about whatever comes out of the glass as a giant profile and everything is kind of one thing. So everything else that I said, like all those classic notes, the caramel, vanilla, brown sugar, and those type of things, like all felt very integrated and, and part of like a big body profile. But then these other things kind of hinted on the side and, and, and underneath. Um, so yeah, it, it really was an interesting nose on this. And, and I think we're looking at, might be a little bit too early to say on the nose alone, we'll talk about it when we hit the palette here. But it feels to me that it's a high rye bourbon because I am getting some of those gingerbread notes that I typically get when I I nose and taste rye whiskey. But it wasn't it wasn't as integrated as I would expect it to be. It wasn't rye uh, a rye whiskey. So and then on top of that, all of those sweeter notes like the caramel, the vanilla. Um, were quite kind of corn forward, if you will. Uh, maybe there was a little bit of popcorn in the back there. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure, but it definitely felt like a bourbon profile with a with a rye kick. So that's going to be my assessment on the nose alone. And before we jump into the palette, I'll just talk about um, the ABV here. So I think I think it's kind of in the middle here. It's not. It's not a, it doesn't feel like a very high proof. Because of that nice balance, uh, it feels like the alcohol is well integrated into the profile here. So it feels like it's probably around the 50% 50, 50 mark, 50% uh, ABV, so like 100 proof. 
which which I think is it's, it feels about right. It doesn't feel like it's it's really poking out. It doesn't feel like the alcohol is is jumping out of the glass. However, because of those very clear characteristics coming out of the glass, it's definitely not something that's lower um, into into the 40s and stuff like that. That's at least how it comes across. So so yeah, something around like the 50% mark seems about right. And uh, yeah, we'll 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 talk about it a little bit more when you hit the palette. So I think with that said, let's take the break. I'll do another tasting real quick here and then I'll come back with my tasting notes. See you in a bit. All right guys, we are back with some tasting notes and boy oh boy, <laughs> I'm a happy chap right now. So. We'll jump into it um, following the WSET grid here. So the first thing is the sweetness level, and this is whether or not I think there's any sugar added to the spirit. I think this is a dry spirit. I don't think there's any sugar added to it. The intensity is around a medium. It's actually not too punchy, which uh, I'm, I'm just trying to link things back to the nosing here. So as soon as I start doing the palette, I'll start to figure out whether or not I think something makes sense or not sense as I've uh, assessed either from the appearance and the nose. And right now, what I'm thinking is that the intensity in the mouth is around that medium point. So again, it feels like yes, it could be around that 50% mark. And also, like the mouth filling and, and, and high viscosity here. Um, and I'll say the viscosity here is about a medium plus it's toward that pronounced uh, viscosity or very high viscosity, but it's not is not into that like very top level of things like it sits just underneath. So like a medium plus viscosity here. And then the flavor characteristics as well. It makes sense to me again to maintain that kind of 50% mark on the ABV because there is there's a subset of those characters from the nose that are represented, the one that I would expect to come through, the caramel brown sugar, um, and then the cinnamon, and then uh, some cloves are coming up um, that I wasn't actually getting on the nose. But this is actually not uncommon, I think, in, in my experience. Like, you'll get more of those kind of cloves, licorice, and more bitter notes on the palate on your American whiskeys that doesn't always show up on the nose. So the nutmeg notes that I was getting a little bit on the sweeter side on the nose is actually not coming through, but cloves are coming up instead, which to me makes a lot of sense. And then there's the charred oak, which I think has a decent present uh, presence on, on the palate. So it feels like it feels like something that could be of a medium age, maybe towards maybe towards the 10 year mark or something like that. It doesn't feel over oaked and it doesn't feel like it's it's underexposed and, and very grainy. So I'll say maybe around the eight to 10 years um, in a newly charred oak barrel. And then in terms of the finish, it's actually not too long. I'll call it a medium. Uh, the things that kind of come through in the finish is the cloves and then the charred oak. And then there's a multi, a multi note kind of coming through, which again, is not uncommon. Like you sometimes get those, those little, little darker notes. Like the maltiness is, is something that really only comes through on the finish for me. It doesn't really come through on the palette itself. 
it sits in the very, very back. And almost like as you as you swallow the spirit and then you kind of breathe out through your nose after that, that's when it kind of get that malty feeling. And as I said before, the ABV, I think it's probably around that 50% mark. It, it feels right to me. Um, and in terms of in terms of what this is, I think I think it is a high rye bourbon. I don't think there's enough rye presence for me to call it a rye whiskey, although this is one of those things that sometimes is really hard to detect. Um, but as of right now, my gut feeling says that yeah, this is a high rye bourbon. Um, but yeah, there is some of that some of that gingerbread is coming through on the nose. Doesn't really come through on the palate itself. And it doesn't really come through as you breathe out through your nose at the very end. So I'm, I'm going to stick with that. Although, obviously, blind tasting, I could be completely off here. And this could be, I don't know, a, a barrel-aged sake or something. Which I'm pretty sure it's not. But again, blind tasting, you should never make any assumptions. So in terms of quality level here, I'll call it outstanding because... And I might be biased, but I think there's enough proof for all these things kind of linked together in terms of an overall journey to this whiskey to live in the outstanding category. I will say, though, that it probably lives in the kind of gray area, maybe in the bottom of the outstanding category, because it's not it's not on par with some other spirits that has a much longer finish, much more complex. But I think with the intent of the delivery of this product i don't think it's and this is this is something obviously as as part of my own journey trying to think about the intent of of the producer so i think the intent of this wasn't to be like a one of a kind um bourbon that's been aged for many many decades and and all that kind of stuff i think it's it's a good solid bourbon that lives in that eight to ten year category and it's just delivered really really well it's been done really well it's a beautiful profile but it's not it's not like a a very top of the line outstanding bourbon for me but i think with everything said it does deserve in my opinion to live in that category at the bottom so so yeah I think that's it. Um, I'm going to open up the little note here that my wife has put into a little envelope. And uh, once I've done that, I will be right back with the reveal. All right, guys, we are back with the reveal. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, this is hilarious. So one of my absolute favorite distilleries in the US, um, or at least one of them, is Wild Turkey. And this one here is, in fact, the Long Branch release, which is obviously the uh, collaboration with Matthew McConaughey and Eddie Russell uh, produced this, this bottling. And I know there's some, uh, I think there's some kind of filtering happening on this. So, so some of these notes, uh, especially that kind of fragrant and sawdusty note, is starting to make sense to me now. I think there's some Texas uh, mesquite or or some charcoal something something in there. So all of this kind of makes sense to me now. Um, 
the 50 uh, or not 50 yeah the 50 percent mark i'm actually over here over by quite a lot this is only 86 proof which is very much a surprise to me i think as i'm i'm i'm, I'm still kind of uh <laughs> i'm still trying to figure out what's going on here uh because i've previously rated the long branch uh, lower than this not on the podcast just kind of um, in in some of my own tasting notes here and today i seem to be a little bit more uh, forgiving around it um, and i don't mean forgiving in in a, in a bad sense but i think to me it, it talks to me a little bit more today than it did back then which just, which just proves that no matter how much it tastes like your whatever you've eaten or whatever's happening with with your life you're always going to have a slightly different experience of the same spirit so always try to taste something a few times before you really put your mind down in terms of like where you think something sits so i think yeah this one here is 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 rised through the ranks a little bit um i'll i'll, I'll stand by all of my notes i think today this really was a very very nice bourbon and a lot of my notes here i think i'm still getting a lot of that so so yeah very high rye bourbon as as i thought and also the age here i believe the long branch is around the eight year mark so it does make sense to me and uh yeah there's some leathery notes now that I'm, I'm starting to get and obviously now that i know what it is i'll start to recall some of those notes i had before which is obviously why blind tasting is is great because you're unbiased of of anything you may have experienced before or your preferences in terms of brands and all that kind of stuff so so yeah very interesting uh and the sample here is actually uh, this was a gift from um from Sam and this is uh, Sam Kershaw an old friend of mine who used to work at Wild Turkey actually uh, doesn't do that anymore but yeah he's a brand ambassador for Wild Turkey here in the UK and uh, yeah way back then he uh, gave me a uh, handful of samples including this long branch when it just came out and I haven't really touched it it was just kind of sitting in my cabinet uh, so yeah Sam if you're watching if you're listening thank you so much for the sample I do apologize it's taken me a while to get back to it uh, but yeah, now it was living in the bucket of samples. It was pulled out at random by my wife. And uh, yeah, here we are today. So that's exciting. <laughs> Very much a surprise. So uh, so yeah, this is this is it. This is always at the end of the of each episode here. It's, it's this kind of reveal. And, and I always feel like there's a little bit of confusion and... and uh, relief in some kind of uh, sense if you will because obviously it can be a little bit frustrating not knowing what it is uh, if you continue to think about it um, which is part of what and there was a interesting I'll, I'll sidetrack here for a second there was an interesting video by uh, Fred Minnick in terms of how he became a bourbon critic and he uses mindfulness um, as part of his his own personal journey to get into um, that whole thing but also he uses mindfulness um, during his tastings to really stay unbiased and stay in the moment uh, which can be slightly difficult so yeah I try to do that myself and I try to to use that um, to not be influenced by by anything on the outside although it's impossible for anyone to to completely shut off your brain and obviously you need it 
to be able to go through and 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 articulate those tasting notes and and everything that you're you're experiencing so but yeah i i just wanted to mention that because i thought it was a really good video and obviously if you follow fred minnick you'll know that he's been in the industry for a long time uh, wrote the book about uh, bourbon and also about rum so knows a bunch of stuff and uh, yeah recently more active on youtube so yeah i'll I'll probably drop a link down to his channel, but obviously you can just Google him and uh, you'll find everything you need to know about uh, Fred Manning. So, um, so yeah. All right, cool. I think that's it. Um, I'll close out with a uh, with another thank you to my uh, patrons over on Patreon. I truly, truly am thankful for your support and being part of the community. And as I said in the beginning, I'll do more and more stuff over there for you guys. And uh, yeah, hopefully you guys will enjoy it. Um, and yeah, if you want to join me over there, it's patreon.com forward slash spirits people. And uh, something I haven't said for some time is if you like this podcast, feel free to subscribe. And also, if you really enjoy these episodes, um, I really appreciate it leaving a review on uh, either the Apple podcast or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, it does help me kind of reach more people, which I truly appreciate. So, so yeah, if you wanted to do that, that would be amazing. And with that said, I'll see you guys next week. Happy Christmas. Peace. Peace.